Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Seeing the Nerd. This is totally not the third time trying to do this. Um, what's up? Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about some Mr. Robot today. A little double feature, a little double header today. Talking about episode 6 and 7. And joining me are super good friends, Sarah Belmont. Hello. Hi. When are you going to let the Pokemon go? Um, never. Because they um, are my best friends. And... They also think I am their best friend because it's 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 not like I'm capturing them and holding them like in tiny little cages, right? Oh, are you? I'm well, okay. Like you are. Do you want to get into it? Let's get into it. Okay, Pokeballs. Help me! Help me! Help me! I'm a Pokemon. Them inside where they are the most comfortable environment, actually. So, you know, they're very comfortable in there. It's not like they're in cages. Some Pokemon actually don't like being a Pokeball, so they just, you know, don't go in there. And the trainers are like, that's cool, dude. Just rest on my shoulder, and that's it. So, you know, and it's pronounced Pokemon, not Pokemon, okay? So. Just let the Pokemon go. You've incurred the wrath. All right. <laughs> you know what? You know who's, you know who's no longer my... Wait, Carrie, are you okay. making that voice? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you're my new best friend. <laughs> Someone else who's here, I guess, is... <laughs> Miss Carrie Gillette, how you doing, dude? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. And you know what? Don't you play Pokemon also? So why are you making fun of me? No, no, no. Oh, and okay. um, just to let everyone know, I also brought a special guest, but he can't speak. Ooh. No, no. Here. Yeah. Wait, who? Alf. Oh, hi, Alf. What's up, man? Hello, hello, everybody, hello. I didn't know Alf and Vin Diesel were the same person. <laughs> it happens. Alf but is yes. good. He'll be with us this evening. That sounds good. I mean, he was uh, a prominent figure, I will say, in uh, episode six for sure. So uh, let's jump right into it. Um, episode six was like the most 90s-tastic episode you can get. Um, super weird. It just totally started off with this nice sheen of 90s nostalgia you know it was not even in widescreen it was in like four by three format or whatever it is and uh yeah even had the old usa logo on it and it was like uh they even had the full like intro credits of them looking straight down to the camera and it was pretty funny i uh, i enjoyed it a lot but what did you guys think did you uh think it was a little too cheesy did it kind of distract from the show i mean uh carrie you want to start us off with that um, the first time I saw it, I really didn't like it. I thought it was kind of weird and a little, um, what's the right word for it? I feel, I felt like it, the first time I saw it, I felt like it kind of didn't have a point and I would have rather having that time spent on that, you know, sequence on something else. But then like after the third time I started watching it, I did fall in love with it and Sarah always says that the show has, like, the 80s, 90s feel to it. So I feel like that, like, cemented, you know, that. And I don't know. I thought it was a – I thought it was – I took it as Elliot dreaming. And it was, like, pieces of his childhood all coming together in the dream. Because you know how that happens when you dream? Like, little pieces of things in your life just pop in your head. So, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Uh, Sarah, did you enjoy the opening sequence as well? 
Um, I I have my qualms about it because I feel like you didn't really learn anything with it and it took up majority of the episode. But I want to go back to what Carrie just said. Um, what do you mean it was a part of his childhood? Um, okay, so... I don't know. Maybe it was, like, the pieces of his childhood. Like, maybe they did take a family trip somewhere. Um the way the family, him and Darlene were like fighting back and forth. Like, you know, that obviously had to happen at some point in his childhood. Right. And we know his mother was abusive and we saw her, uh, burn Darlene. Right. So and then if we talk about, you know, my friend here, Al, like you, that was a show that Elliot would have watched. Like he's quirky and like weird and, so, yeah, I think it was, like, little pieces of his childhood mixed in with, you know, his his life now, which would be, like, you know, Gideon, Tyrell, Tyrell in the trunk. Yeah. No, no, I, okay, that makes a little bit more sense to me because I, I get that, um, and I agree with it to an extent because it is this perfect blend of the exaggeration of, like, on TV, we watch these sitcoms and they always show like a perfect family. And so growing up, you have the image like, hey, that's what normal is, but that's not reality. So it's that mixture of like real elements of Elliot's actual childhood blended together in this surreal world that is what's depicted on TV. So it's that kind of mixture between worlds. So I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you could say you see little pieces of the childhood. I don't know I why I I wouldn't say that exactly because I don't I don't feel like it was necessarily um a memory or anything so much as just when he get goes unconscious, he makes himself this world and it's a coping mechanism more or less, um, to try to subside the pain of what's happening in reality. Well, if we try to, like, view... Well, if we view Elliot and Mr. Robot, see that it's two separate characters, like... And we should. Um, who constructed this opening sequence? Was it Elliot or was it Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot. Right. So, I guess what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say is how I interpreted this opening sequence was, like, it was a way of peering into what exactly Mr. Robot says when he's trying to protect Elliot from, you know, all the negativity and all, like, the pain is he wants to bring him back to a time where, you know, while, you know, Wellick was in the trunk the whole time and, you know, um, his mom was, like, burning Darlene, it's it's put him in that frame of mind of, like, being a family and kind of, like, maybe, like, some kind of a happier time, I guess. Because ultimately their destination was the hospital that Elliot was being, you know, uh, held in, I guess. So I took it as Mr. Robot trying to connect with Elliot in, in, a, in a different way than just popping into his reality because right. I definitely felt like there was a there was a um some kind of like a like like a change that Elliot went through by going through that whole 90s nostalgia trip yeah um and somehow he felt closer to Mr. Robot and and you know and his well, uh place in his consciousness right because by the end of that episode after going through all of that um, through both the sequence and the reali realization of like his reality and having 
been beat up and everything, he realizes that this whole time he's been trying to fight Mr. Robot and he's viewed him as an enemy when he's not the enemy. He's a protector who's trying to help him along this journey. And so the the thing about his this season and in Elliot's approach to how to deal with Mr. Robot is basically I'm at war with you and I'm going to fight you. That's not really what he should be doing. He should more be trying to figure out a way to coexist and not allow Mr. Robot to go to extremes to protect Elliot while at the same time trying to um, allow him to intervene when it's necessary. So it's trying to like, in this weird way, I guess you would put it like it's cohabitation of a consciousness. Yeah. Um, I disagree and well not with what you just said but i don't think it was mr robot uh like i don't think mr robot constructed that sequence i think that was all elliot mr robot basically puts elliot in situations of like in the real world like you know playing chess going to the bat going to out to eat things like that like normal everyday life this was a really like messed up like i don't know it was a dream so i'm saying okay. elliot Elliot was passed out from being no. Uh, dead. no. Yes. <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, so so right, he was passed out, but along the way, there's all those interactions between him and Mr. Robot, where Mr. Robot is saying, "Like, look at what you've created." Well, maybe it, I don't know. I don't care. Matt, tell us what you think. Because <laughs> I, what. I kind of, I guess it's, like like you said, Sarah, it's a shared consciousness. So it's maybe Elliot's imagination plus Mr. Robot kind of, you know, guiding, you know, the dream, I guess you can say. Because, you know, Elliot woke up and there was situations around him where, like, you know, he heard Alf, like, on the TV and, and like, the next room to his room. So somehow he made it into his little dream sequence. So I don't know. In a typical non-confrontational way, everyone's right. Yay. So. No, I, I think I think everybody is right, because there's that line from the season finale where Mr. Robot says, I'm your prophet and you're my God. So so to Elliot is like the creator of this reality and all of the realities, because at the end of the day, it is his life force. I guess, man, this is spiritual talk. Life um, force, but, I love it. But Mr. Robot's in a part of that subconsciousness, too, and has an ability to also take control to an extent and to a degree. And so, so yeah, I, we are all right, because it's really what the season is doing is it's not... Last season, it was much easier to separate Mr. Robot from Elliot. And this season, it's starting to get a lot more blurred. Right, like it's... Uh... You kind of feel like they're coming together and especially towards the end when you see them like, you know, Mr. Robot pops up while Elliot's in that little, I don't know, basement, I guess. And he runs over to embrace his father, to embrace Mr. Robot. And in more ways than one, he fully embraced this right. person that he talks to. And um, I think um, a new partnership has been forged and, you know, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Right. So, um, yeah, let's just kind of go into that. How else? Like. I kind of spoke on how I felt about that last scene. Um, Sarah, did you kind of feel that same like strong emotions like towards the end of the episode when um, Elliot finally kind of embraced Mr. Robot? 
No, I'm dead inside. <laughs> oh, God. That's um, and that's, that's True. really, Nuh-uh. yeah. No. What? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh, you keep, like, getting cut off, so I can't, it's, it's hard to joke like that when, yeah, crappy internet, internet issues, whatever. So, so, what was the question? Did you get all super <laughs> emo-y when, um, uh, at the end, when Mr. Robot That wasn't it? the question. I mean, do I say the same question? No, but it's along the same lines. <laughs> did you, did you feel like a strong emotion, like, do you think it was like um, a huge turning point for Elliot or was this like, nah? So going into the episode, um, I saw a lot of tweets about how this was arguably the best episode to date of the series. Oh, um, so my expectations that. were was kind of high um, and watching it, it kind of felt like, hey, that happened. Moving on. Um, and especially with the ending moment, because I just. I don't find that it's necessary. And my argument is you learn about that relationship in a much subtle way or more subtle way in episodes like eight and nine of last season. And so this just felt like a weird detour to take us on that is fully, um, I guess you would say, advertising the message and the theme of, of that relationship and what it's all about and broadcasting it and also setting us up to accept the reveal at the end of the episode we're going to talk about later episode seven um because it you because by watching this episode you accept more of this idea that Elliot's recreated his entire reality um in present day even um based off of just what happens in this 90s sitcom blend of subconsciousness so i'm i'm rambling but yeah the emotional beats aren't hitting as strong for me this season as they did last season i guess i can kind of see why though people really like this episode because this whole time elliot's seen mr robot as an enemy and now he's fully Mm -hmm. embraced him you know mr robot as a as a piece of his personality and consciousness and way of life so I, I mm-hmm. think that's probably why everyone really likes it so much. But what do you mean by, like, we've already seen it, their relationship in a more subtle way, get to this point last season? Because I don't see that at all. Well, I just have always understood that um, Mr. Robot's the protector of Elliot. And so he hides oh. things for him for a reason. And he, it's that paternal instinct to shield your children from pain. Right, and we all knew that too, but I think what they wanted to do in this episode was have Elliot accept his help. Does that make sense? No, yeah, no, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm I'm not saying that the episode doesn't make sense. Okay, <laughs> and so I, I don't I, I'm say not saying that at all. It. What, no, no, yeah. I'm trying to understand where you're coming from that. Because yeah. the way that I'd, I heard you say, it's like you, you've already arrived that Elliot was accepting a Mr. Robot last season. And I don't, and I don't agree with that. I think he only accepted him now. Right. Right. Okay. So I, uh, as usual, on the call too. as usual, Sarah and I disagree on this because I was really emotional with that scene and it, was, it felt like very bittersweet to me. We saw a different side of Mr. Robot and it, I don't know, Christian Slater was just so good in that scene because he was like an actual caring, like normal father. 
and I usually end up spending the entire episode like hating Mr. Robot and being like, well, you know, you love to hate him, but it he usually drives me crazy, and I I hate how much he like hurts Elliot and that Elliot is like this way. But in this episode, I really I loved him. It was good, and then like the music, and then that very quick ending before um, you know he says close your eyes and pick a name for the store and then like you just see Elliot close close his eyes and it cuts off so we never hear him actually say the name of the store I thought that was cool yeah yeah I I, it was almost like Mr. Robot's approach to getting Elliot to trust him wasn't like forcing him it was more like playing to him emotionally and talking to him as an adult instead of a kid that's what I took as it as too so yeah good stuff I mean if like, you know, like, listeners, if you guys disagree or agree with us, definitely let us know, like, in the comments and stuff, because we love to hear it. It's it's a uh, hotly debated episode, as you can kind of see. But moving along, um, while it was a great episode for Mr. Robot and Elliot's relationship, um, a lot of stuff also um, happened. Um, their, uh, F-Society is planning this big heist on the FBI uh, floors, you know, where they're working on at, at E-Corp. So um, first we see... Uh, I I didn't know his name was Cisco this whole time. By the way, the the guy from um, working for the Dark Army. Um, is anyone else super yeah, surprised? I, name I is Cisco. It's funny because I I forgot his name, and then I looked it up, and it is Cisco. Yeah. It's Cisco. So yeah, Cisco did everything. He got this uh, battery powered router, I believe, to kind of um, gain access for uh, Darlene and the rest of F Society, like to access FBI servers remotely. So, um, yeah, then he started asking too many questions, and <laughs> poor guy got stabbed in the finger. Now, um, got to give credit where credit is due. Sarah, you totally thought of something completely different. I thought um, the needle was just broken off into his finger, and that's just, like, fucked up. But you had a very smart idea. Do you think they put a chip in the finger? Did you want to kind of expand on that, Sarah? Um. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I just wrote it in the rundown. I have no idea if it's legitimate, oh, okay. but something broke. I don't know if oh. it's a needle or not. I don't See, know if it's a chip. You you planted you planted that idea. Well, not you know you wrote that, and then um, I thought about it, and I I thought it could be some kind of like a surveillance device for. I mean, it can't be a camera because that's insane, but it could be like a tracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to track him. yes, yeah. Because yeah, I just took it as they they broke off the needle point in him just to really you know show or, how fucked up they are. But yeah, there could be something in there. Or they could have like infected him with a disease. Like who knows? But yeah, I, I the, again the first time I watched it, I missed that the needle the needle thing coming off. So yeah, and I am still shocked that his name is Cisco. I think that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so uh, moving along to the big kind of heist, um, did you guys buy into the idea of Angela as being this like hacker overnight kind of thing because of the power of uh, her fortitude and what was the thing that she kept repeating? Some phrase, um, but yeah, did you did you guys buy into that? Her her learning how to hack in one night. Carrie, did you like Angela as the instant expert hacker lady in the episode? No. I, and, Why? And then I, but I, well, I was going to ask. Um, Elliot always kept like that part of his 
part of his life like separate from her, right? Like she didn't know he was a, a, a you know a hacker and stuff like that, or did she? I think her introduction to F Society was through Darlene, right? Early in the season. Well, she grew up with them, so that's what, like I'm wondering if maybe she like maybe like learned things from them, like just by hanging out with them. But I didn't really believe that whole like overnight thing because. I've tried to memorize speeches overnight and that doesn't happen. The way that like her training with, um, oh my God, what the hell is his name? Uh, oh, one of the yes. other guys from Best Society. Mo- Mosley? Mo- no. Mobley. 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 Her training with Mobley made it seem like she started from zero. Yeah. So other, like mm-hmm. she only knew how to pick up a keyboard. That's about it. So, um, yeah, I, it kind of makes you wonder what she was doing at all safe. Yeah, like I mean, she wasn't writing code. She was doing something, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, I didn't really believe it either. But they needed a way for F Society's um, plot to kind of mix with Angela's plot line. So they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Make Angela hack something. So I, I didn't I thought it was really not lazy, but it was very forced. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah. I think it was a well-directed sequence. I really like that, and I like the oh, yeah. pacing and the music, and just the way the camera and the tracking was. It was that was really good. Um, There's a specific scene where she gets hit on by that FBI agent. Um, and so there's all that tension and in watching that scene, and I don't know if this le- is legitimate or my c- computer was like tilted or something, but it kind of looked like they were perfectly framed. And then the hallway behind them was kind of skewed. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know if that's actual like design or if my keyboard or computer was tilted, but if it was by design, that's brilliant. Um, because it is like Alice in Wonderland kind of thing where she is in this world where she's she's been a part of to a degree. And to go back to Carrie's question about if she learned anything from Darlene and Elliot, I think I think there's a little bit, and I think she was aware about just the way they operate. Um, We find out in the next episode that she has the realization and that revelation that, oh, my friends are behind all of this madness that is currently happening in the world. And I don't know how I feel about that anymore, considering I'm working for the enemy, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but I think she is aware that both of them are really computer savvy and probably hackers. So I don't know how you can grow up with people and be such good friends with them without picking up on a few cues from how they act and everything. Yeah. Well, they also said, I mean, like after that whole thing, Angela and Darlene met up back at the F Society safe house, I guess. And um, she said, like, you know, I I always knew it was you guys or something like that because of the masks because of that because she's called it like a dumb like horror movie or something. So yeah, yeah remember that horror movie from a few episodes ago? Yeah, so like she I guess she pieced it together That's... before or something. I don't know. Like I I want I guess I wanted to ask you guys about. Do you remember that conversation? I was very confused about what I'm supposed to leave with that. Like, are we supposed to believe that Angela knew the whole time it was them or? Like what? I don't know what to get from that. No, that she's just made that realization. Oh. Okay. 
she made it seem like she knew the whole time because she's all like, you know, well, you always thought I was smarter than me, blah, blah, blah. And I'll, I don't know. Maybe I read it wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you're, you're kind of. Yeah. You're. It's. Would you like to finish the sentence, Sarah? <laughs> I am so tired. Um, you can say yeah, I'm wrong. She... It's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's though. It's not that you're wrong, though. God, I, I hate that word. Um, it's she. She did know the whole time. She just didn't let herself believe it because sometimes, if you, why would you want to believe that your friends are capable of this much much destruction in the world? Okay, it's ignorance is bliss, and which actually following following episode six, which is about that connection and bond between Mr. Robot and Elliot and everything. I can't specific, I don't know theme for that, but then next episode is all about denial. Denial. Correct. My headphones fell off. (laughs) Carrie, say something, contribute to the conversation. I am not quarterbacking this freaking conversation anymore. Mr. Robot, you are no longer my friend. Good night. <laughs> Damn. What? Eh. I, I thought I was going to yeah. this conversation. Anyways, I was trying to be polite <laughs> because I actually like what you say, Sarah. But if we're going to go there, Matt, how are you tonight? No, I'm just kidding. I'm good. Yeah, catch yeah. a Pokemon. You know, it's all good. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad it's just the two of us here. <laughs> That's tough. Okay. Um, I hate Carrie. So to close out our discussion with episode six, um, you know, it ended pretty abruptly. You know, you already jumped to episode seven, I, right? I know. I, I realize that. And Carrie hasn't said anything about Angela. Hello. Thank you for the platform. Would you like to host the episode, Sarah, since you're following a lot closer than I am? <laughs> Make me start singing. Um... Sarah, you had mentioned in our lovely uh, notes here about the possibility of um, is Angela a slave for power? And this idea kind of popped in my head. I feel like this is leading Angela on the road to like having a mental breakdown. You know, you can picture it happening. She's all she really wants in life is like power and acceptance and this and her, you know, and she'll do anything to make herself feel better about her own life and anything that will give her like confidence and happiness confidence (laughs) so anyways i think this whole i think this whole thing with angela having this sequence like focused on her so much and you know you know in other episodes we always see her listening to herself help her self-help tapes or whatever and you know we see her kind of take a stand with price and i think this is going to lead her down a similar path to elliot's path i i think she's gonna have a mental breakdown i can see that see happen. i don't i don't think that but matt does matt why do you think that why do you agree with carrie so much more tonight than me <laughs> i don't know it's not like i don't like you or something you're cool we're cool homie just <laughs> Say i don't know peace. it's just that she is on she's high stress she is flip-flop so many times about whether she wants to take down e-corp it's like she doesn't really know what she wants 
and on top of that she has like her self-help kind of like books and tapes and stuff it it seems like they're setting her up to to fall like towards the end so i was actually expecting her to go off the deep end during this episode when she was trying to do the hack and she was going to be pushed in a super high stress situation she was like gonna i don't know her brain was gonna explode and then it would be all fucked up and they wouldn't be able to hack the fbi so um i was wrong but i can definitely see it from maybe in in the near future but why do you uh why do you think she's gonna stay strong sarah no well i i didn't say that i i just don't think that they're setting up her I, I, I don't think that she, they're setting her up for a mental breakdown and to draw that parallel. I think that in looking at both what happens with Angela in episode six and episode seven, episode six, it, she's become like by participating in the F society activities, she's has that realization of who her friends are and what they're capable of and who their enemy is and how she's working for their enemy. So she is kind of that double agent. And then at the end of that, they cut off the hack um, with agent DePiro who gets very suspicious of Angela in the next episode. So I think this is, this plot line is leading to Angela's, um, setting up her motivation for power in this world, um, whether that's a complication of her own ethics or not, as well as um, with the idea that are you so power hungry that you're willing to basically sell out your family? Like Elliot and Darlene, they're not blood related, but they grew up together. They've all been friends. They understand each other. They have the mutual bond of being um deeply affected by the actions of evil corp so but angela's taking a different route and has that route led her to a place where she's just as moral morally corrupt as evil corp and so at this point is she so far gone that she's willing to sell out darlene and elliot so yeah (laughs) thanks sarah for that thought-provoking little tidbit there um agent dom is kind of scary in that she's getting closer and closer to the truth but um and to elliot and friends but um before we move on to episode seven uh, anyone else want to mention something that they liked or disliked or something that stuck out with them in episode six um alf would just like to say that he appreciates being in the episode and um it was it was a good comeback for him but he's going to go back to the regular life now well, he's kind of on the run because he ran over a, for some reason, a live Gideon cop. So um, it was we nice. Don't talk, we it. don't talk about that, Matt. We don't we don't talk about that. Oh, sorry. Plus, he's, it was a dream sequence anyway, so that's fine. But wasn't it nice seeing Gideon again? I miss yeah, that guy. Poor Gideon. It's that handsome dude. Hashtag poor Gideon. <laughs> so episode seven brought us uh, some answers, mostly questions. Um and uh, that surprise reveal at the end, maybe not so surprised reveal at the end for some people. But first, um, did we learn about the demise of Tyrell? Did Mr. Robot tell the truth and say that he shot Tyrell in the face and therefore Tyrell's dead? Do you guys believe he's dead or is Mr. Robot lying again? What do you guys think? Carrie, did you want to start with this? <laughs> sure. Um, I kind of feel like this. It, there's going to be some kind of twist coming up soon. And Tyrell will turn up alive because something feels like 
something felt off about the way Mr. Robot was telling the story. Um, I felt like exacerbated, right? Like, yeah. And I think, I think, you know, that's how we're supposed to feel. Like we're supposed to feel like something's off. And obviously we question anything and everything that goes on in any of these episodes. And I still question where is Tyrell? And I think he's alive, but I also think the reason why Mr. Robot is telling Elliot he's dead is because somehow Tyrell fits more into Mr. Robot's agenda than to Elliot's agenda. Interesting. I never thought about that. Hmm, okay. Well, aren't their agendas one and the same now that they're partners? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think Mr. Robot just kind of gave Elliot an answer, so Elliot would stop talking about Tyrell, this and that. But yeah, I hope Tyrell's not dead. I don't think he is. Um, because of what happened a couple episodes ago when you know, the nameless person on the other side of the phone of Joanna, um, she ran outside and thought it was him. So I really hope he's not dead because that would super suck that after all this, he's just been dead. You know, when you, Carrie, when you said that they were partners, do you think that potentially what this is? Matt said that they were partners. Who? Oh. Wait a minute. Mr. Robot and Elliot? No, Miss, oh, Mr. Oh, Robot okay. and Tyrell, that they could be partners. Yeah, okay, go ahead. The like, question. they're better suited to be partners. Yeah, they're they're together. Not like, yeah, just ask the question. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But they're two sides of the coin. Because you have Mr. Robot, who is constantly undermining society and wants to take it down. And then you have Tyrell, who's like a businessman, who was once part of E-Corp and everything, and a really evil guy, but robotic enough to shield that. I don't know if that made any sense. Anyways, the point I'm trying to draw is it's kind of like the partnership between Philip Price and White Rose. Yes. Hey, that's good. That's a good comparison. There's a lot of parallels there. Right. They're both kind of like right. wolves. So maybe the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, really, White Rose. God love that character. Um, she, she's the one who started it all, and we learned that in that previous phone conversation between Philip Price and White Rose. And we're going to talk about White Rose because she has she she's definitely the puppet master. Um, so I think that's an interesting point. And yeah, while while you guys were talking, I finally remembered what I wanted to say about it is that to your point, Matt, yeah, Joanna's whole story arc this season is pretty much like, come on, Tyrell's not dead. There's something else going on or else why do we even care about Joanna Wellick? And then to when he's telling the story, he never officially says like, yeah, you killed him. It's always it's always vague in broad terms, and it's like there was a shot, and we know that there's a bullet or a a casing found at um, a society hideout and everything. So it's still not confirmed that Tyrell did die that night. Still not confirmed. No body, no death. That's what that's we're observing. TV death rules. And I I feel like Tyrell is such was such a he's such an integral integral character and especially in the season i feel like if if the death really happened we would have gotten more of a scene like we would have been able to see it happen do you know what i mean he's such an he is such an integral character to make joanna interesting right 
And or am I the only one who thinks that? <laughs> well, and if they killed him, they would rather use his death and whoever killed him, like as like to propel a storyline rather than be a big mystery throughout the whole yeah. season. It like it the, the payoff wouldn't be there. So, and Sam Esmail is better than that, and everyone on the writers associated with the show. At least we hope so. <laughs> The mystery of Tyrell is still up in the air, as you can hear. Um, as mentioned before, I mean, Dom's looking into Angela and, you know, all the stuff happened where she's like found out that all the tapes were erased and now she's really suspecting her. Um, so, yeah, they really have um, pretty much a, a clock on F Society and Angela right now. So we'll see how to go and what oh, fuck how that's going to go along later. But what I do want to ask you guys is. Uh, the interesting situation with Ray and Elliot. So Elliot ends up calling the feds on Ray. But what's interesting is that Ray told Elliot that he didn't even know what the site was about. And Elliot found out and all of a sudden he starts bringing in the FBI to shut it down. <clears throat> Do you feel like it was <laughs> like... If Ray didn't know what the point of the website was, why do you think he defended it so strongly? And if it was just for his wife, why do you think he went to such great lengths? Uh, Open-ended question. I, I, um, I think it was because it was, um, I don't know, you could kind of tell he was very emotional about his wife, so I think that's what it had to do with. I absolutely loved this scene because, I don't know, the connect. I like Ray's character, um, but like the connection between him and Elliot always felt a little off. And I feel like they kind of have that connection now. I just feel like <laughs> the whole point of Ray's character was to try to have something for Elliot to kind of overcome with the aid of Mr. Robot so they can become yeah. partners. But as we find towards the end of the, uh, the, the end of the episode, all of this was, just constructed to cope or just constructed by Elliot to cope with his life in jail. So confirmed he's in jail. It's not real life. Uh, and, and whoa. I, would like, I would just Wait. like to like mention. Wow. Oh, yes. <clears throat> sorry. Whoa. Like... I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's, it's just that we, whoa, we, we like, we're already there and talking about that. Or do I get to talk about Ray and Elliot? I was going to ask. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, I shouldn't have said anything. If this was all I'm for sorry. a way for Elliot to cope with being in jail, like, who was Ray really? Like, do you have any kind of theories about what Ray was a character? Oh, I have no idea. No idea. He's just some jailbird there? He's a guard? No idea. Well, Sarah, no. like, in previous episodes, you didn't really enjoy Elliot's and Ray's kind of relationship. Do you think this was, like, a good way to right. end it, I guess? Or... Like, do you see it kind of, like, do you have any ideas how to like, improve it, I guess? Yeah, or... I like this episode for Ray. Because he was taken down? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like the parallel for a change. Um, like, when we were first introduced to Ray, they sort of had that um, smaller connection um, when he talks about how he also talks to people, his dead wife's ghosts and everything. So they did have um, a... A bond formed in that connection and to see it come full circle with the chess game and him talking about his own ignorance of the shady 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 shit he is doing on the internet and 
how he, by not looking at it, is his own coping mechanism for how he survives. Because he he knew, like in his subconscious, that it was a bad thing to be doing. But he's he's keeping the site going because it's his livelihood. I mean, this episode also has scenes... Uh, excuse me, it has scenes showing us like the complete chaos that has erupted due to the economy. Um, So this is how he's going to survive. So he has to keep the website going. And it's also how he's able to control the neighborhood and everything. We see that later on once it's removed and everything. So it just parallels what Elliot's doing in terms of his own reality and subconsciousness and how he's not looking at his reality in that moment. He's constructed this whole regimen to cope with whatever he did and what he has done in the past um, to be able to move forward and to survive. And so that's where after Ray gets turned in and, everything and at the end of the episode there's that revelation that this whole time we thought that Elliot was living with his mom no he's not he's actually in jail dun dun does that make more sense and I was going to say do you remember a couple episodes back when you were saying like how um, there was you didn't see like a lot of Krista in the episodes and I said what if she's a visiting psychiatrist to like to a mental hospital Boom, called it I was kind of right visiting psychiatrist yeah like um yeah it was more well we kind of had this conversation too when um Akira was on where she said she doesn't really think that you know there's not a lot of gotcha moments in this episode so but I still felt like this was a bigger like reveal or swerve whatever you want to call it compared to last year where you know we found out that you know mr robot's not is part of elliot and this and that so or elliot is mr robot so i don't know like did why you, do you like the reveal that of that he's in jail or mr robot from first season one what the reveal of what like what are Sorry. you talking about did you like at the end of the episode when it turns out elliot's in jail Oh yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I mean, it made sense, and I thought it was a, a an appropriate time to show that mm-hmm. Elliot's been, you know, kind of just constructing this whole narrative in his own head to tell us, and he's even apologizing to the audience, the voice in his head. I thought that was nice kind of neat. Choice. What? I, I liked when you said constructing his own narrative. Oh, I've been reading, so you know, I'm just I'm just I trying to up it. my game. You know, what I'm saying trying to I compete with it. you. I have a question for you. Yeah. So in this whole narrative that he's constructed, because we've also in previous episodes have seen like three days prior to the hack, the whole season finale takes place like the fourth day after the hack. So at one point between what happened between when he answers that door at the end of season one to when we see him fully engaged in his regimen at the beginning of season two, that that leads him to that decision. Because we also have to remember that there is a few other mysteries going on and events that have taken um, place within those 30 days. Because do you guys remember a few episodes ago what happened to, I think it was Mobley or um, his other F Society cohort, like who killed him? Anybody? 
anybody? Yeah. And that's how Dom gets led to the F Society arcade. Oh, um, oh. because what's his name? Uh, uh, Rome, Romero, right? You're talking Romero. about Romero. Romero, nice. Yeah. Nice. He 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 died, and we all thought that it was Elliot, i.e., Mr. Robot, who shot Romero. Mm-hmm. So. Did that happen and then he turned himself in or is somebody else killing off F Society members because Elliot's been locked up for 30 days. And at what point, like there's there's like that huge we keep talking about those three days and the night prior to those three days and what happened. There's also this giant month now that we're very unaware of and slowly getting clues to. Right, right. I mean. Like I said, you know, like there's more, <laughs> there's some <laughs> answers, but there's a lot more mysteries too. Like it's, once you think you know so much about this show, they you know, serve you again and throw some more questions at you. Damn. I, 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 I just wanted to say that I kind of like the way it was revealed. Like at first you see him and Krista sitting, you know, in quote her office and then it like reveals to be the prison and it was like it was shot so beautifully and it was just like very like well like melt uh, welded together and it was good no i i completely agree with that i love yeah. the how they did the re- the execution of that reveal was on point in terms of the direction um did you notice carrie that when they did that scene um as if it was in chris's office there's always those blinders behind um, Elliot's, and for whatever reason, I noticed that in this in this specific scene, um, they were kind of moving, and I've never seen them move before. And at first, I thought, "Oh, it must be windy outside," but I also don't know if it's also something where it's like symbolic because in yeah. that. Yeah, if it's symbolic of what's going on in terms of, like, the the illusion is starting to evaporate. I thought they were going to start to, like, go up, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not up, you know, open, I mean. But, yeah. And no, then, like, the way I, that scene transitioned I, into revealing the rest of his regiment mm-hmm. as being part of um, being in, in jail, I thought that right. was kind of cool. It was almost like they, they item-wiped, you know, like, on screen, like, yeah, you know, before and after, you know, between the two realities. So, yeah, kudos. It's a good. Bl- I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that it wasn't a mental hospital. That's what I was kind of hoping it would be. Yeah, it's a DOC, so Department of Corrections, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's in jail. He's not in. I mean, he's a jailbird. He's a lot. There would be a separate place if he was like pleading like insanity, right? Yeah. So yeah, what is he even in there for? Like, that was he's... not a question. What What is he? What crime did he commit, or what did he uh, attest to be put in jail? So, and wh- how was he in there so quickly if it's only been, you know, a month, I guess? So, so let's talk about one minor reveal that happened even before the larger one. And it was Leon is oh, yeah. affiliated with the Dark Army. I did not see that coming. I did not. <laughs> it was- beautiful <laughs> when elliot was about to get raped in that alley i was like oh man is this how they're gonna do our boy elliot and then i swear i was like dude what if he's imagining like a samurai like who's gonna be under that samurai helmet or something or that ninja and it was motherfucking leon how cool is that i love that i, I you, like yeah. from the start all i 
I've been obsessed with Leon. Like, and I'm so happy that it turned out that he has such a major role in this. Like, yay! Yeah. It was a legitimate swerve for me because I was so focused on the Ray and Elliot relationship and how they're uh, interacting with, like, Mr. Robot that I kind of forgot that Leon is more than just some guy that he talks to. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's like, he's, he says he's, like, one of his friends and he follows him, like, all day long. So, yeah, and he works for White Rose and he says you're going to get a letter. And boom, he's getting discharged, right? So, Right, which, I mean, back to White Rose pulling all the strings. Um, so maybe what happened wasn't really Elliot turning himself in, but for whatever reason, White Rose wanted to lock him up and put him, like, in a safe place until she's figuring out, because we've seen all these interactions between her and Philip Price. We saw that interaction between um, her and Agent DePiro. And so she knows the FBI is starting to get suspicious. And she knows that Philip is moving pieces into places. So maybe now is the time for Elliot to get released and for her to move him into position to do something else. So it's really interesting. And um, before, um, I would also like to point out that it, it it's very similar how this all happened in terms of the story arc because you have that interaction between Leon and Elliot and then the next scene Elliot's talking to Krista and just how those play like one after and the other reminded me of last season at the end of episode eight when we first find out that Darlene is Elliot's sister and then there's that confirmation that um, Mr. Robot is a delusion of Elliot's um, dead father. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, Darlene's the sister. And now I'm like, Leon's working for the Dark Army. So it's the little things that I really geek out apart about rather than the larger story arcs. I yeah, saw on, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Um, no, 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 okay. I saw on, uh, I think it was like Tumblr or something, someone pointed out a tattoo that Leon had. And they were like, oh, it's been in front of us this whole time that he was in the dark. He was, you know, associated with the dark army. And yeah, I'd never realized. I didn't even realize the tattoo was there. It's like on his hand or his arm or something. I got to look that up. That's Mm. super interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I should have taken the picture. Mm, Well, we we will research and post it later. Um, You know, I just wanted to mention that, like, Sarah, like, I totally agree with you that the the biggest surprises were more, were not so much like the big surprises, but it was Darlene and Leon. I had the same reaction. Right. right. I had a pause it and I was like doing backflips off my couch. I was like, "What? I didn't know." It's that. funny yeah. because you you think about the beginning conversations that Leon and Elliot had. And they were about like Seinfeld and things like that. And I think that was like kind of Leon's way of like working himself into Elliot's life. Because, you know, Leon was just kind of babbling and talking about nothing. And Elliot was like, da-da-da-da-da in his head. So I think, like, it was, I think the reason why, I think there was, like, a specific reason why it happened the way it did. Because Leon was supposed to get very close to Elliot, which he did. So, yeah, it all worked out. We also found out that Seinfeld is being played for people in jail. Which is kind of a neat tidbit <laughs> to think about convicts watching Seinfeld. I don't know, that kind of tickles me a little bit. I'd be annoyed. That'd be my own personal jail. Yep. (laughs) Well, Seinfeld's cool. So, um, yeah, that's going to do it for our discussion today. 
Um, unless you wanted to talk about or mention anything real quick about episode seven, you guys really enjoyed. Um, I love Leon. A severe lack of Alf. <laughs> He's on the run. Right, with Gideon. I was gonna ask. Um, yes. If if anyone had any like thoughts about how this is gonna play out, like Elliot getting out of jail and like. Um, oh, they, yeah, that's what, what I was, forgot to mention. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. You finish your thought. No, go ahead. You can actually probably speak better than me. Because, um, sir, you mentioned that, like, oh, maybe White Rose put hit, um, Elliot in there to protect him from all the fallout from the 5-9 hacks. It's at a weird, like, mm-hmm. inopportune time, kind of, because now Agent Dom is now really, like, looking into Angela, so she's going to be looking at who her friends and family are. So is this untimely now that Ellie is being, you know, busted out of jail. Right. Um, and we still don't know what Gideon told um, Agent DePira. Oh, that is right. Dying. So, that's so, so, which, I mean, is further indicating that he didn't sell out Elliot, right? Because why would... Why wouldn't da- Agent DePira be hunting down Elliot at this Just go point? go straight to him, And, yeah. I mean... Oh, wait a second. I, I'm surprised none of us mentioned the beautiful irony of this is that the FBI is hunting someone who is currently in jail. Oh, yeah. They already have, like, irony. Yeah. Oh, the irony to irony. Irony. It makes the world Sorry, go I'm out. not much more for... I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like you guys sometimes expect me to have theories, and I'm like, I don't know what's gonna oh, happen. Oh, I mean, that's like an open question. Happens. I just mentioned you because yeah. you brought it up, and I was like, that's an open question. Like, Carrie, what, do you think, like, like, is White Rose, like, didn't take into account that maybe Angela would have been hunted down by Dominic? Or Dominic, what the hell? That's my nephew's name. By Agent Dom. <laughs> Um, Marco <laughs> Polo. I don't really. I don't know. I. I don't know. I guess. Well, how many episodes are left in this season? Five. Seven, five. Four. Four. Five. There's thirteen episodes, right? No, so twelve. Twelve. So they're really trying to ramp it up right now. So maybe it's inopportune for Elliot, but maybe that's just a sign of. It really picking up now that Elliot is also being real with the audience. Like, yeah, I'm in jail, but I'm being broken out right now. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see what's coming. Yeah, there are a lot of questions as usual, which we're supposed to have. How quickly do you? Are we? What? What? Are we supposed to have? Yeah, I think we're. It's a show where. It's a show where we're. Our main character has basically, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say split personality, but I mean, he's disassociating and, you know, he's, can we rely on him as our storyteller? You know, like, so everything that happens in the show, you have to question because is it the truth or is it not the truth? So I think, yeah, I think this is a show where you have to question every single thing and even the smallest detail can mean the biggest thing or mean nothing at all but i think that actually the show is about confirmations how do you like that like um, because it keeps confirming things that we figure out confirmations because it confirms 
like already known theories and ideas and as absolutes and so that's why the reveals aren't aren't punching i don't know how to say that i really have to go to the bathroom um but yeah so carrie's right not continue i was just gonna mention that uh kind of going off what carrie was saying we can't really trust them because um, if you kind of listen to how Elliot ended the episode when he was revealing to the audience that I'm, you know, sorry that I've been kind of, you know, lying to you this whole time is almost a little cheeky when he kind of referenced the title two. he said, let's so um, from now on, I won't lie to you. Let's shake on it. And it was almost like he knows that we're going to believe him because he's the narrator or we want to believe him. So it's almost like some kind of fourth wall breaking where. He can manipulate even the audience's expectations, and he's aware of it. So I thought that was pretty fun. But yeah, as you can kind of hear, guys, we're pretty stoked for uh, the rest of Mr. Robot Season 2. I think we're all pretty invested in what's going on. Yeah, I just wanted to thank again Sarah and uh, Carrie for coming on. Carrie, did you want to let the audience know where they can find you on the internet? Yes, at Care Bear Crew. Care Bear Crew on Twitter. Reach out and... uh... Give us some theories and tell us your questions and we'll include them in the next show. I know, like, um, <laughs> Mr. Robot kind of confirmed the whole he's in some type of institution theory. So what are some of your new theories going forward? Sarah, did you want to tell the audience where they can find you on the internet as well? You can send me hate mail at sjbelmont. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nerd S-C-E-N-E letter n n e r d please go to the gww.com to read about all of our geeky opinions on comics games tv and film maybe even wrestling that would be kind of cool is anyone else excited for SummerSlam? just matt salzar and that's cool oh yeah you can follow me at i'm salzy i am s-a-l-z-y <laughs> on twitter facebook and instagram and snapchat please rate and subscribe and comment on itunes and soundcloud and with that have a good night Woo-hoo. bye bye This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!